0: Meg Gardner is the author of 12 critically acclaimed novels, including Phantom Instinct, The Shadow Tracer, and Ransom River. Four Joe Beckett novels, including The Dirty Secrets Club. Four Evan Delaney novels, including China Lake, which won the Edgar Award. Her new novel, featuring Caitlin Hendricks, is unsub. Thank you for joining me, Meg.
1: It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on, Rick.
0: This is a, a really gripping and very intense and Bay Area-centric focused story about a woman who's pursuing a serial killer. Tell us about creating Caitlin Hendricks and her father.
1: Unsub, the new novel, is about a legendary killer and the young cop, Caitlin Hendricks, who hunts him. And it's also a generational story. Uh, it's about... Uh, serial killer uh, sparked a bit by the Zodiac case Uh, in the novel, the serial killer disappeared from the Bay area 20 years earlier without ever being identified or caught and has returned now and taken up where he left off. And Caitlin is a very young green detective. She's not even in homicide when the story opens, who is drawn into the case largely because she is the daughter of the homicide investigator who hunted the killer, um, back in the day. Uh, Her father, Mac Hendricks, was the lead investigator on the case and could not break the case. Instead, the case broke him and uh, destroyed his life emotionally, tore his family apart. Uh, It's left a, a, a deep cloud over Caitlin's life. And now she has grown up to be the cop that she kind of won't admit to herself, but hopes that her father could have been. And now, of course, despite him telling her to stay a million miles away from this case, she is not about to do any such thing. And every terrible thing that happened to him is threatening to happen to her now as the the story unfolds.
0: I think one of the things I liked about this novel was, in the first place, the the Bay Area setting. You clearly did a lot of research for this in terms of both uh, the Zodiac Killer and the current day. So talk about uh, researching times in the Bay Area when the Zodiac, the movie, is a historical (laughs) movie now, and quite a good one, I think.
1: It's a fantastic movie. It really captures the terror and the obsession at the heart of that case and i lived in the bay area for many years Uh, i went to college and grad school um in in the bay area i grew up in santa barbara and i'm old enough to uh remember as a child hearing about the zodiac and you know seeing the the police sketch of this terrible uh Gunman with a wearing an executioner's hood with its bizarre symbol on the front of you know and being <laughs> terrified. It's like who is this person? What does he do? And you know is he out there? Nobody could stop him. Nobody knew where he was or where he would strike. And uh, you know he disappeared. He uh, he tormented the Bay Area. He uh, lusted for publicity. He you know he wrote all these messages to the police and to the newspapers. He demanded that they publish these um, ciphers, which most of them have never been broken. And, uh, you know, he threatened to shoot kids on school buses. He uh, really wreaked havoc for years and years. And then he disappeared. He was never identified, despite many people having having seen him. Um, He was never captured. And, you know, that thought lingered with me and you know since I'm a thriller author uh, scary thoughts <laughs> tend to turn into uh, into fiction and I thought well you know he he went away what's to stop somebody like this from coming back and starting over so that was really the genesis of unsub which does not track the zodiac case uh, you know in any direct way it it it's complete. Fiction, other than you know, I was fascinated by the psychology of, of a killer who really wants to inflict terror and violence. You know, he he on people individually and on society as a whole. And you know, is it is it rage? Is it um, you know, is it a, a grandiose? lust for power what what was it that that drives somebody like that and i wanted to turn that into what i hope was gripping fiction
0: well certainly gripping and i'm hoping it will remain firmly in the zone of fiction you uh, describe yourself as a th- thriller author and i might say that this book really falls For me, much of it falls into the range of horror. I mean, this is a monster story in which the monster happens to be a human being, but nonetheless, (laughs) it's extreme. The the emphasis I feel is on uh, on horror and terror. But what is interesting is that you don't focus on the gore or the violence. So much as the psychology. and I think that was a that's an interesting decision on your part to write a horror story that focuses on the psychology of horror as opposed to the, you know, uh, meat aspect.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I do regard this. I understand what you're saying that there there are there's the horror aspect in that yes, um, Caitlin is is chasing a monster, but it is a psychological thriller in the sense that you know she is uh, up against. Um, up against the clock, up against trying to outwit this guy. And I've learned over the years, uh, you know, this is my 13th novel, and I hope I've learned that, uh, as Jeffrey Deaver put it, the theater of the mind is always the most powerful um, uh, thing we have going for us. As authors, people uh, will create, uh, you know, will give Will will put their own fears uh, into into effect when they're reading a book. You don't need to put it all on the page. Just create a hint of uh, of of something uh, frightening out there, and people uh, readers will fill it in <laughs> for themselves uh, with with something much more frightening than you could uh, you could you could create on your own.
0: I love the dynamic between Caitlin and her father. It's it's really interesting. So, I. Uh, He's kind of washed up, but you also give us a a reason as to why he's gone through such an extreme transformation, which I think is really wonderful. It's not just uh, anguish. So talk about creating that dynamic, the father-daughter dynamic, where the father is a failure and the daughter is trying to make up, uh, in a sense, for her father's shortcomings.
1: There were several several things I wanted to, to, to bring to the fore in, in writing it. Number one, this is, um, the action in the story takes place essentially over about 10 days, but the case spans um, 25 years. So it's really a story of generations, and I thought, <laughs> I could not think of a more powerful way to tell that than to um, have it focus on the investigators uh, who had handled it originally and, and in the present day, and... To have them be father and daughter, and Mac was uh, a, a dedicated cop, but he could not separate the case from uh, the rest of his life. It took over everything, um, and sadly, I mean, investigators who handle these uh, very grim serial killer cases you know they, they can experience PTSD and I think uh, we should all be grateful that they are are willing to throw themselves into such uh, to such difficult work on behalf of the victims and uh, and, and the public. So I wanted to uh, to to show that yes that these cases really can affect people and of course Mac uh, it was it affected him. Very deeply and long lastingly, in ways that that most cops, fortunately, don't have to deal with. But I know that in the Zodiac case, there are still, you know, for years, decades, even afterwards, there were investigators who would go to the, you know, to the victims' graves on the anniversary of their death to, uh, you know, to to lay flowers and just try to try to make sure that they they respected. Uh, you know respected them and wanted to let them and their families know that they were not giving up on this case um, Caitlin of course in, in the story she is uh, she's had to grow up with without a father essentially because he uh, you know as, as her boss tells as her you know her lieutenant says in the one of the first chapters that you know her dad is it's a basket case they thought maybe she could get through to him but uh, initially she can't so he is, however, the, the repository of all the insights uh, that aren't, you know, written down in case files, and Caitlin knows that she really needs to get him on board to help her, um, to help her move forward with, with getting ahead of the killer. So, you know, the story is also about her coming to understand what really happened to her father, uh, she learns a lot of stuff. I'm not going to I'm not going to give a spoiler to explain exactly why Mac has gone so, um, so far off the rails. I hope people would read it and, and, and figure that out. But, you know, the story is also about her learning to be a cop and them, you know, trying to tentatively uh, reconnect and, and, you know, recover something of their relationship.
0: Uh, you describe Caitlin. I, she's a really interesting character, and I'll read from from the book here. That was Caitlin. Urgent, even when she stood bone still and guarded her thoughts and hopes, which was far too much of the time. She was racing inside, heart pumping, mind turning over like a high revving engine, eyes gulping a scene. This is a a character who is constantly in motion, and I think that, uh, works well for for uh, a very tightly plasted time. Time uh, tracking thriller. Did you, when you created this book, did you like have a a spreadsheet so you knew what was happening and when and where all your characters were in WANA?
1: I didn't have a spreadsheet. Sometimes I have a great big old artist pad and I just draw little stick figures of of the characters in a timeline to try to make sure that I don't have them in five places at once. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You do do have to. uh, you do have to make sure that uh, that that you're not splitting not splitting them in half, because readers will notice that, and they will tell you.
0: I I think too that looking into the psychology uh, of the people who pursue killers at the very end, you begin the book with the the famous Nietzsche quoting uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche quote. Be careful when you hunt for monsters, lest you become that which you uh, pursue. And that actually, to a certain extent, almost happens to uh, the characters here, who, if you're looking for a killer and the killer stops killing, then you're not going to be able to find them. So there's a a a sense in that some of the cops sometimes have that it might be helpful for the killer to keep working which is a deep and dark thought
1: yeah it's it's a sense that you need you need evidence Mm -hmm. and uh you want the killer to show himself or or herself and if if there's no nothing to work with uh you need something new and i think most cops would recognize that that's a horrible thought and uh and yet recognize that they are thinking it um but you know everybody just everybody wants to catch the catch the killer from from a confession uh from from somebody just walking in and uh, you know turning themselves in but that's not the way it works in these in these really um sneaky cases
0: Uh, i think that uh for me one of the things I really liked was the the way that you you know would plot the book and keep the leap clues for you know the readers to to put things together and I think too there's an overall sense of you as the author at the author level playing really fair with the readers you give us stuff we need to know and you keep back stuff that we wouldn't know as a, as an author do you have like i guess when you enter the thriller zone do you yourself have a code of conduct that I'm-
1: <laughs> listen i want readers to engage and enjoy and turn the pages as fast as they can because because they care about the characters because They're desperate to figure out, just like the characters are, just like Caitlin is, uh, they're desperate to figure out what is going on. Why is this killer uh, leaving um, poems at these crime scenes? Why does he uh, leave this ancient um, symbol on the bodies of all his victims? Why does he pose them in these strange tableaus? Yeah, as a reader, I I really get ticked off if an author doesn't play fair with me, you know, <laughs> holds it all back and then come, you know, drops a, some coincidence or surprise at the end. I just, that those books get, you know, flung across the room. Like, you know, Madison Bumgarner is pitching them. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> as a, as a writer, I, I don't want to do something to readers that I would hate to have done to me. So, uh, I do try to play fair. I do try to give, uh, readers all the information that they need i don't want i don't regard the books as this book as a is a puzzle although the, that's what the killer is is doing in some sense leaving leaving clues and uh these bizarre rhymes uh that you know send caitlin to to try to research and figure out what's going on so she can get ahead of him but readers readers want to be able to uh, feel like they're in the hunt as well when they're when they're reading a thriller a thriller
0: And this, too, one of the things that that you do well in this book is to um, point out to us how much of a homicide investigation is based on the the evidence that the cop sees and what goes into the cop's brain that just can't actually get put down on paper. And the really effective scene early on in the book Finds uh, Caitlin is a very young girl um, wandering around her, her house and and stumbling onto some data that visual data that sears her brain and I think that this makes her a really compelling character.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, the the, the book opens with her uh, sneaking into the garage uh, one night and saying that her dad has left up you know, crime scene photos posted around. Um, and that <laughs> is a very bad thing for her to see. Uh, but uh, it it hints at what her father is, is going through and what the case is about and um, how the, that will then affect her life uh, when she
0: grows up. And, and uh, it's no surprise to us, I guess, later on when we find out that uh, Caitlin uh, has a habit of uh, of cutting herself. So, talk about creating a character who harms herself as a, a way of, I guess, communicating to herself.
1: Yeah, when Caitlin, uh, it, it's explained that when she was a teenager, after her father has essentially had a uh, a breakdown, he's had to leave the force. He's uh, you know, her parents have split up. He's not there to support her. He was suicidal uh, uh, and all over this this case, the case of this killer, the, the prophet, that it has affected her so terribly that, you know, she spiraled into self-harm as a, as a teenager. And I took it as she was uh, uh, not only clinically depressed, but that she was desperately seeking some way to exert control over her own life. Um, and I think people who find themselves in this, in this place, uh, teenage girls especially, they, you know, they want to feel something, they want to, um, uh, to try to use this as a way to, uh, to exert agency, even if it's a very destructive way to do it. And you know, in the story, she has overcome that. But it's clear that even, you know, when she's nearly thirty, that it, that that it lingers and strongly in her memory. It uh, it's always there in the background as uh, something that she succumbed to, and that uh, she is dimly aware that she needs to guard herself against uh, ever going down that road again.
0: You know. Um... This book uh, has a, a number of wonderful characters in it. Uh, I loved uh, Daryl Lynn Hobbs, and I'm wondering if you ever met somebody like that or um, researched somebody like that. It's a really interesting character, uh, somebody who could only exist now on the World Wide Web.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, Daryl Lynn Hobbs is um, an amateur crime blogger, essentially, uh who is based not on a on a particular person, but on um, many people who nowadays do run online sites uh, either to uh, you know sites dedicated to collect you know to to a particular killer, uh, not in not in honor or as a in devotion, but as you know you know where is this uh, where is this killer? Can we as amateurs try to track him down. Uh, there are many, many Zodiac sites. Um, there are sites uh, run by amateurs who are dedicated to trying to locate missing persons. Um, and so I read a lot about those. Uh, I had not spoken to anybody uh, when I was writing the book other than you know looking at all these sites online. Since then I have met people who are moderators on on a number of these sites, and they are, uh, you know, <laughs> very dedicated to it. And you know, there's a sense that perhaps we can crowdsource uh, looking at the evidence and and multiply our, uh, you know, our, um, you know, multiply the investigative ability to to try to figure out who was Zodiac or the Golden State Killer or Jack the Ripper. Um, I think when we, as amateurs, as members of the public, um, Look at these cases. Uh, we are all, you know, slightly terrified in the back of our mind. Like you said, this is about hunting the monster, and uh, people who uh, go to ZodiacKiller.com or, you know, in the in the story, it's FindTheProphet.com. There's the uh, there's a sense that maybe we can be the one. Maybe if we Look at this evidence in a new way, look hard enough, look with fresh eyes. We'll be the one to break the case. And there's also, I think, a deeper sense that we can try to um, tamp down our fears by thinking like if we knew if we know everything about this killer, maybe we can protect ourselves from uh, becoming a target.
0: One of the aspects of the uh, killings in this book, um, by your serial killer who calls himself the Prophet, and by Zodiac, which you point out that made solving the cases much difficult, more difficult, was the fact that the uh, the multi-jurisdictional nature of the crimes, which is to say that crimes committed in separate cities in under separate jurisdictions uh, don't have haven't heretofore at least had the kind of careful um, overall uh, look so that, you know, when you one person's killing over a wide territory, there's, you know, you have the various, each cities in that territory is investigating into it. And there's some sense that a lot of communication is lost. In and I'm wondering, do you, when you were creating your killer, were you thinking that he would do that to make his crimes more difficult to solve As and I'm wondering if you intuited that that was why it was done in real life for example by the Zodiac
1: killer a bit of both I think uh, I think definitely the Zodiac probably um, sought victims uh, near where he lived uh, but also was uh, smart enough to know that if he crossed the county line uh, or across the, uh, you know, across the Bay Bridge. He was going to be dealing with a whole other police force that, uh, you know, you got, uh, you, you get sheriff's departments, police departments, uh, county, city, and everyone has their own, you know, method of working, their own, uh, you know, their their area of responsibility. And unless the case becomes, you know, Highly publicized. Sometimes uh, nobody even knows that uh, that a similar crime has been has been committed right next door. So yeah, in the in, in unsub, definitely, uh, I thought that this 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 killer would would use that to his advantage. Today, I think it's um, I think it's a bit uh, often a bit more coordinated that. Uh, if it's a you know a large geographical area or within a state or a portion of a state that you know various forces will put together a task force of you know of various police you know police sheriff highway patrol whatever state troopers and try to try to coordinate so that so that all the evidence gets shared um, the FBI has tried to put together uh, you know national databases that to 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 help. Uh, spread the information but they're still voluntary and that's been a, a major shortfall in getting, getting um, you know departments to be able to submit information or gather information when they need it so yeah you know it's it's less easy today but you know cross the county line you know city limits <laughs> take the interstate to to the state line and you know some people can get away with things uh, for a lot longer because of that
0: One of the, you were talking about using the internet to crowdsource crime solutions. Of course, you can also use the internet for more nefarious person uh, reasons. And um, one of the tools that you explain a little bit about um, is the RAT. Now, I have actually had a RAT run on my computer by virtue of the fine folks at Apple who were trying to figure out why my iBooks wasn't working. Uh, oh, wow. Uh-huh.
1: Which, but that was all for a good purpose. It yeah. was all for a good
0: purpose, and they swore that they removed the RAT. So what is RAT, and how how does that work?
1: Uh, RAT stands for Remote um, Administration Tool. And like you said in your case, uh, if you've got someone from from tech support um, uh, on the phone with you or online, you can give uh, them legitimate access to um, to your computer remotely, so that the guy sitting at the you know at his customer support desk in Cupertino or Ireland or wherever he is can... <laughs> can uh, mirror your desktop on his or her screen, and they can see everything you've got up, they can access everything on your hard drive. Uh, uh, But it is a tool, and uh, like any tool, it can be used for good or ill, and there are plenty of people who uh, use it to, you know, access it via malware, phishing, whatever, uh, they get you to to unwittingly download it onto your laptop, your um, your smartphone, whatever, and then they can see everything you're doing, everybody you're contacting. they can get you know access to all your details. They can even turn on your webcam. I believe it's uh, I don't know whether it's apocryphal or not, but you know, they say Mark Zuckerberg keeps a keeps some masking tape over the uh, over the uh, the camera on his on his laptop because he doesn't want anybody to to uh, be able to. To spy on him there was a famous case a couple of years ago where I think it was miss teenage USA uh, accidentally uh, downloaded this uh, some of this malware and some creep somewhere um, you know to turn on the camera while she was getting in and out of the shower and getting ready for bed and then he showed her that he had all these all these pictures of her and threatened you know to to blackmail her unless she started you know, performing a striptease for him, and so on. But uh, she she called the cops, and they shut it down. So yeah, um, the mm-hmm. it's the 21st century. That's another that's another thing about about the book, that uh, the cops have to have the old evidence um, of the prophet's uh, crimes, which was gathered in the early 90s, and now today they have the uh, a, a killer back, but up-to-date on all his tech, and uh, they have to figure out, how, you know, how to keep up with someone who is, uh, is, is current with the times.
0: I, I really like that aspect of the book. There's a, a tendency these days sometimes to, um, in modern fiction, lead the mention of cell phones or something else, and I understand that because it, it can just needlessly complicate a story, but in this case, I think it's really critical that everything is on the table, you're uh, both sets of characters on both sides of the law have access to everything, and they're both pretty much equally adept at using it, which is uh, problematic for our heroine. So, uh, talk about the um, aspects of IT in in the law enforcement world. I mean that that's a whole new aspect of law enforcement that is becoming more and more important. It's becoming more and more
1: important, and. Uh, it's that is important, and DNA, above all, of course, is is uh, is very important. DNA has changed uh, criminal prosecution and uh, and identifying suspects beyond. Anything in the previous—who knows how long that we've had—we've uh, had investigators trying to chase down, to chase down criminals back to, uh, I don't know, ancient Rome and, and uh, you know, China five thousand years ago or whatever. But uh, now we have uh, have these tools. Of course, um, like anything, criminals are are very aware of it. You know the CSI effect they uh they know try now to to avoid leaving DNA uh, they know how to use uh you know anonymizing uh, sources online to hide their identity and try to try to keep people from from tracing them uh, The question is uh, who's got you know who's got the better uh, you know who, who's quicker who's got better hunters uh, the cops are are of course you know it's it's a chase uh the killer knows what he's going to do next the cops don't i think it comes down to that you know they they've got a cyber department they've got you know super uh, super smart uh, tech <laughs> propeller heads who know who know how to try to uh, to dig through you know the all the uh, the the ip addresses and trace down where this guy might be calling in from but they're always a step behind and the 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 chase in the book is, you know, how, how, do they, how do they manage to try to get around and ahead of the killer? And eventually it comes down to, um, to psychology uh, and, and bravery. It's the same as it has for, for in, in every story that we've been telling since we, you know, <laughs> lit torches <laughs> and showed them on the wall of the cave.
0: Uh, I think that... Um for me one of the things i liked about this book we were talking like I mentioned earlier i thought there's a, a feeling that you play fair and you're absolutely not coy we actually meet the i mean there are things that that happen in this book well ahead of what i would have expected them to in terms of uh showing us people and so that's an what an interesting decision for you as a writer i think that so talk about um Making the decision on your part uh, when to reveal um, things and how much to reveal and what your I guess your guide guiding lights are on that.
1: Oh, as far as uh, uh, when does an author who's writing a uh, suspense novel decide to show us the um, the killer's face or introduce us to him or her? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, generally, if you want to get into uh, the story of uh, suspense fiction in mysteries, the the killer uh, is not revealed. The identity of the killer is generally not revealed until, you know, the last chapter, the second mm-hmm. to last chapter. Uh, in a in a whodunit, to play fair, the author will um, introduce us to you know to the detective to the victim, you know, when the dead body falls out of the, the closet at the vicarage or wherever it is, um, and then we will introduce us to the suspects through the story, and uh, to play fair with readers, uh, they assume that they have uh, met the killer, and uh, so to speak, on the page. We just do not know which of these characters uh, in the story is going to be revealed as the criminal at the end, Um you they you don't you know, you don't generally in a mystery, go 300 pages and then say, oh, by the way, we discovered that the killer was uh, was a was a was a you know, was a flight attendant who stopped here uh, in the city for 30 minutes and, and knocked someone off and, and is now is now off in uh, is now off in France and has never come back. They they need to be someone who's involved in the story, in in the thriller. And the reason I call uh, this book a thriller is not only because of of the pace uh, thrillers tend to have, you know, need to move at a, at a clip. Um, but in thriller, it's not just about, uh, the fact that someone has, uh, been murdered as in a murder mystery. And then, you know, it's about the criminal investigation. It's about someone being killed and the, the cops or whoever is, is responding uh, needs to act right now with a with tremendous urgency to stop something worse from happening uh, as the story progresses. So, uh, I think one revealing of revealing. Th- I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. Fin- go, finish, so finish revealing,
1: revealing um, the identity of the killer, or or putting us in the 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 head of the criminal at some point in this story is uh, is a technique to. Um, both to give readers a little bit more information and to to increase the suspense because uh, now the readers are aware of something that the cops aren't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this book is uh, a book that uh, readers should not plan on going anywhere (laughs) while they're reading it or even leaving their chair. Uh, This is, I think, clearly the first in a series. Do you know where you're going to take Caitlin next?
1: Well, yes, I have. Um, I'm finishing up the next book in the uh, the sequel, <laughs> so, so there's that, and there's also I've been extremely fortunate. Uh, uh, CBS has 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 optioned the the book for uh, development as a television series, so we'll see where they take it. Um, Caitlin in the next book is uh, working with the. Um, so this is not a this is not a spoiler to tell you that this that it's, a, it's going to be a series, and that so Caitlin survives uh, and she continues on, continues her career in a in the sequel um, hunting another another killer a very charming, devious uh, killer that she plays a cat and mouse game tracking him across the western United States.
0: I I'm wondering uh do you have a sense of where the whole arc of these books are when you set out to create a character and write a series do you know the beginning middle and end of this series or do you just set the character free into the world and let them run as they will
1: <laughs> that would be a disaster i can see them running off of here <laughs> or into a swamp <laughs> or, or, or getting caught in a propeller blade because if i if i don't have any idea where they're going uh, that's where i would end up <laughs> um <laughs> I had a very clear idea. Um, by the time I sat down to, to write UnSub, I knew where that story was going. And I had a a, a fuzzy sense of where I want the series to go. So I, I do not have, you know, a, you know, Caitlin's entire life mapped out in any way. Um, I want to leave all that open. <laughs> My mind is not that organized or compulsive that I need to, to try to, to map out a, you know a whole series of books. but I, I do kind of have an idea of, uh, of how I want her to develop, and uh, we shall see who she comes up against. I mean, the thing is that she is she's a hunter. Um, murder seems to be her vocation, and uh, she will always have a lot of work. <laughs>
0: she will be shaped by the monsters she meets and we will be shaped by the monsters she meets as well. (laughs) Inevitably. (laughs) I I think too, uh, you were mentioning CBS brought this, brought this, the book is called unsub. That's a name that comes up early and often in their series, criminal minds. I'm wondering, do you think this will be, there are, do they have plans to tie this directly to that TV series?
1: No, not at all. Um, the the title yes I should explain the title unsub stands for unknown subject and it's a term that law enforcement particularly the FBI uses to um, to describe uh, the bad guy that they're after when uh, when they don't have a name when they don't have a, a you know a suspect identified uh, they're after the, the unknown perpetrator the offender the, you know they call it the unsub um, so yes criminal minds. Is uh, you know set at the behavioral analysis unit of the FBI, and obviously they use that term to uh, to describe the, the the killer of the week or, the, or whoever they're hunting. But um, but my story, my book will have uh, will, will not be tied in any way to to that series.
0: I'm curious, as a writer, do you see each novel becoming an episode of a TV series, or each novel becoming a Season, I guess, of a TV series.
1: We shall see. I mean, that's up to the that's up to the TV people how they want to develop it. Um, it could go either way. And uh, I mean, I write the novel to write the novel. I I write it for readers um, <laughs> to to enjoy. I write it as cinematically as possible in the sense that I want um, readers to sink into the world and feel like they, you know, that they can see the story unfolding in front of them to feel that they are there on the street with uh, you know with the with Caitlin or with Mac uh, as they are, you know, investigating as they are under pressure racing, you know, racing through Berkeley or San Francisco to try to uh, you know to get this evidence. I uh, I write for for readers and for everybody who I hope enjoys a big, gripping story, and uh, you know, TV's now to an adaptation and a development, you know, into something into something
0: separate. The new novel by Meg Gardner is unsub. Thank you for joining me, Meg. My pleasure.